1: Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. are coming up on contract seasons, and with the Indianapolis Colts looking to extend both of their young superstars, what exactly would those extensions look like? And can a deal get done to keep those two in Indy? Let's talk about it welcome to the horseshoe huddle podcast presented by fan nation on si.com part of the fans first sports network my name is andrew moore and i'm joined here live once again with my co-host and fellow writer at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, it's been it's been almost a week now uh, since I've seen you live here on the show. Uh, we did have a show last Thursday night. We weren't live because the wife and I were, were a little bit busy, but hey, it's great to be back with all of you guys here tonight. Drake, how you doing, brother? How was your weekend?
0: I'm doing fantastic, and my weekend was very nice. Uh, of course, you know, in Indiana anyway. It was just pristine weather. So I got outside and, you know, um, just kinda caught caught some sports over the weekend and relaxed. And so I'm 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 raring and, and ready to talk some more Indianapolis Colts. I'm ready. Let's do it
1: awesome you'll love to see it yeah i i myself had a golf outing this weekend it was fun uh hitting the links uh it was for the kids so it's always always good to golf for a good cause lots of adult beverages uh were enjoyed got to watch a nascar race this weekend so so let's let's talk it's time to talk some more indianapolis colts football logan schmidt is here good to see you buddy patrick as always nice to see you we got wyatt law here uh live uh he says do you don't let uh, your prized rookie quarterback, elite helper slip away. Ballard and Mike Bloom have both built into this into their cap plan, uh, th- and that's what we're going to talk about exactly tonight. John Gilbert is here. I already talked to Stats Matt. He's not going to join us. His his uh, daughter has a, a softball game tonight, so Stats Matt, you're you're, you're, you're letting you're letting us down. You're letting us down, but but we appreciate it. CJ is here as well. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, always enjoy when you drop by. And if you haven't done so already, guys, before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode, go ahead and follow us on all the things. Go ahead and like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live and we've got new content coming out all the time. And then if you can't catch us live or you can't watch us on YouTube, All the links to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, they're in the description below. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating if you enjoy us, uh, because we enjoy all of you joining along, listening, all of your support. But, Drake, I've talked enough. The people don't want to hear me blab. Let's dive right into it. So, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr., the Colts' two second-round draft picks in the 2020 NFL draft. Both of those guys are entering their fourth year in the league. Both have become very vital pieces to the success of the Indianapolis Colts offense. And and both are up for, for contract extensions. This is the final year of their rookie deals. And, and we're going to talk about it tonight because they're for, for one of the guys for actually for both of them, there has been some debate of, of what their, their value is and and what type of contracts the Colts should give out to these guys. So it's going to be interesting to, to, to kind of dive into this, but, but I think we can all agree that both of these guys are running back one and wide receiver one for the Colts, and they're essential to what the Colts want to do on offense moving forward.
0: Oh, yeah, and I mean, all you have to do is look look as recent as, as 2021 when Carson Wentz was the quarterback. I mean, Michael Pittman dominated the passing game. Jonathan Taylor dominated the running game, and, and in multiple ways was the entire offense that set up. Michael Pittman. So these two guys gave the Colts their best statistical year recently that we that, that we can remember. And, and last season, obviously, Taylor was hurt. But man, Michael Pittman really shouldered a lot of a lot of the load for that offense that just looks so anemic. So absolutely, both these guys need to be talked about for contract extensions.
1: Good to see Sarah in here as well. And if you guys have a question tonight on any of these topics, go ahead and make sure to throw in a super chat and we'll be sure to answer that question as soon as it pops up. Uh, as always, we really thank you guys for the support. So so let's dive into it. Let's dive into uh, to the number one uh, running back here for the Indianapolis Colts and, and when healthy, a lot of people think the number one running back in the entire NFL in, in Jonathan Taylor. And I want to go over some of his numbers here so we can uh, kind of get a full, a full grasp of, of, of really what is at stake here. So over three years with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor has amassed 3,841 rushing yards. Uh, that equates out to about 5.1 yards per carry. 33 rushing touchdowns to go along with that, and then in the passing game he's racked up 104 catches, 802 yards receiving, and three touchdowns, uh, and that's in three seasons here. And and then when we're kind of gauging uh, a, a ballpark, really, to uh, to kind of project what what a contract might look like here, uh, Jonathan Taylor, according to to, to Spotrac, uh, um, his market value. For Jonathan Taylor is a four-year deal worth fifty-two point three million dollars. That would be on an av- on an annual basis about thirteen million per year, which would make Jonathan Taylor the third highest ru- uh, paid running back uh, when you're talking about a- as far as annual annual uh, per year salary. So big chunk of money for, for a running back. And there's, there's plenty of debate out there about whether you should or shouldn't pay a a running back here. Uh, But before we dive into all that, let's, let's talk about the pros of of Jonathan Taylor, Drake. uh, What do you think, or what do you think Jonathan Taylor would be deserving of of a type of contract like this uh, as far as what he's done? Not only what he's done in the past, but, but what you think he could do in the
0: future? Well, I I think that one of the main reasons that he's played himself into a contract is going just going back to his rookie season. Okay, you're talking about a a team that had arguably the most even more immobile than Matt Ryan. They had they had uh, Philip Rivers and he still chalked up eleven hundred and sixty nine rushing yards for eleven rushing touchdowns. The guy the guy played absolutely electric right out of the gate and then he catapulted to honors you know in 2021 he was you know i mean without question the best running back in the nfl and you know last season was just such a brutal year for his health unfortunately and just for the entire team even if he stays healthy i mean i still think that he i mean he he was averaging about 78 rushing yards a game so you're probably looking at about 1300 rushing yards again i mean that's a fantastic year you know arguably so i think that he's definitely played himself into a you know extension because he's been the entire offense you know for the past couple of seasons and when he was healthy i remember the very first game he had like 31 carries for 169 yards week one so that's mm-hmm. what they want to do they want to put the offense in this guy's hands so yeah i think with all those things considered just right on the surface of it all, he he deserves an extension for sure
1: yeah and i mean when, you, when you're talking about what Jonathan Taylor means to this offense as, as well. I mean, teams just have to, when Jonathan Taylor is out there and fully healthy, teams have to play the, the Colts differently uh, when when Jonathan Taylor is out there. You, 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 you can't just, he's not any normal running back. You have to pay attention to him on every single play. Otherwise, with that 4-3 speed that Jonathan Taylor has, I mean, there's a chance anytime he touches the ball, he can take it to the house. We saw that multiple times throughout the 2021 season. I mean, Jonathan Taylor himself basically willed this team uh, to nine wins. When, I mean, Carson Wentz, yeah, he started out started out okay, but as the season went along, this was Jonathan Taylor's team, and, and the offense was built around Jonathan Taylor. And, and even when everyone in the building knew that JT was going to get the ball, I mean the the New England Patriots game kind of really stands out at Lucas Oil Stadium. I mean he still ripped off a, a 60 70 yard run uh, to to win that game. So when a healthy Jonathan Taylor is is it, it's so vital for for this offense and 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 when I get back to to kind of when you're thinking about Jonathan Taylor with Anthony Richardson that's what really excites me. Because the, the way this Colts offense is, is, is moving, where you're looking towards a, a more mobile quarterback to, to pair with, with a superstar running back in Jonathan Taylor, I mean, it's like pick your poison in, in that regard. Uh, especially when you're when you're talking about the play action game, uh, the read option game, uh, RPOs. It's like, is the ball going to be handed off to Taylor? Is is Anthony Richardson going to keep it? It's 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 it makes things just so so much more difficult for a defense. And we talked about this, uh, I think it was last Monday when when we had Zach Hicks on the show about how this offense is going to look with Anthony Richardson. A lot of that is is. With Jonathan Taylor being able to take that pressure off of Anthony Richardson and 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 just getting a, another superstar level playmaker around around Anthony Richardson that he could rely on, it's going to help this rookie quarterback. And and then at not only rookie, but as he grows in year two and year three and so on, it's just going to be so so vital to his development to, to be able to lean on a player of Jonathan Taylor's caliber and, and really open things up for this, for the Shane Steichen offense. And, and it, it's just, I, I keep coming back to this quote by Chris Ballard that it, it doesn't matter what position, if if you have one of the best players at that position or you have an elite talent at that position, you pay him what he's worth, and and you don't let those guys go. So, and that's that's kind of where I I I think the Colts are standing with Jonathan Taylor is, yes, it's probably not the best the best team building standpoint as far as what the modern day teams might do to to pay big money to a running back, but this just isn't just any other running back. This is Jonathan Taylor. I know a lot of people have forgotten how good he can be because. Of, of how his injuries piled up last year this guy's just a year removed from 1800 yards 20 touchdowns and absolutely dominating the nfl on a weekly basis
0: yeah and oh how one how one off year can make people forget right <laughs> and it's just how ridiculously good a player is and can be and he was he was arguably you know on an upswing so I I like what you said about Anthony Richardson, because at the end of the day, that's one of the other reasons that this is a pro is because you get to do two things by locking him down for four or five years, whatever. Number one is you get to get him in his prime years. You're getting him prime Jonathan Taylor. The next four or five years right now and on are going to be the best, the best years of Jonathan Taylor's career. They just will historically between like 25 and and like 28 29 that's usually when running backs when they're stars I think that's when they're really hitting the stride and really putting up numbers so you get him during those years and number two like you said he gets to mesh with Anthony Richardson Anthony Richardson is in one of the reasons that he's in the perfect situation and this was the best fit for him yes of course Steichen's here there's you know Jim Bob Cooter there's you know Cam Turner there's you know big receivers who can get open downfield. Okay. But one of the biggest reasons, if not like 75% of the pie is because Jonathan Taylor's in the backfield. All right. That's just the truth. That's one of the biggest reasons why this is such a good fit for Anthony Richardson is because the defenses are going to be like, Oh my goodness. It's either Jonathan Taylor. that's going to get this ball on this RPO. Michael Pittman might be over the top, or for the love of God, you're going to have a six foot, four inch, 245 pound Cadillac, just like driving full bore down the field. So that is why the offense is so dangerous. Nothing against anyone else, even Anthony Richardson. man, Jonathan Taylor—he's the—he's the centerpiece of this whole thing. Still,
1: right, and 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 he will be until Anthony Richardson is is ready to take over. But I, I I'm very excited to see how how Jonathan how Shane Steichen really utilizes Jonathan Taylor, especially in that RPO game, and, and just how these linebackers, uh, if they have to wait, just take an extra half second or even a second to to wonder whether Anthony Richardson's keeping the ball or not a lot of times that's all Jonathan Taylor needs to to break open a, a- big gain. So I I just think that extra threat is is going to be huge for Jonathan Taylor and and this offense as a whole. Uh Patrick Wire, just with an with a huge super chat, buddy. We we really do appreciate wow, all your support. Patrick. You're you're one of our you one of our biggest fans and we're one of the biggest fans Thank of you. you uh for all of your support. So uh Patrick says keep JT for sure. Michael Pittman Jr is solid but a lot depends on the outcome of the season. If they have a bad one, they could be in position to get Harrison. Jr. or mecca Bucum, who could both be better wide receiver ones. Johnny Wilson is also an option there. So, so yes, this the Colts do have uh some, some options because it looks like this this wide receiver class that's upcoming in the 2024 NFL draft is is gonna be a, a very good one. Uh, I think it's it, there's there's quite a few options there at the top of the at the top of the draft class that that could be very appealing options for the Colts, especially the one right there with Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think the Colts are going to have to be in in the area uh, of the top five pick in in order to get a talent like Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe even top three uh, if we're if we're being realistic here. So. Do, can the Colts really bet on on that happening I don't think the Colts plan on picking in the top five once again we'll have to see but I think I, I'm not even sure if if it really matters if michael Pittman jr is 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 there uh, and the Colts do sign him. I mean, the Colts still could take Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you pair a Marvin Harrison Jr. who could play uh, kind of that Z wide receiver with Michael Pittman Jr., and then you're talking about maybe Alec Pierce being being the odd man out. So, so we'll have to see there. But, but Patrick, we re- really appreciate the super yeah, chat, buddy. As always, you're you're an absolute rock star. Uh, but, but and Drake, we let's. I mean, we've talked about the pros of, of Jonathan Taylor, but but obviously there there are some. I don't know if I call them cons but they're concerns you know uh there's a reason why why people are so weary about paying a running back it's because lately we've seen when big deals go out to uh to running backs it, it just it hasn't paid off recently i mean we've seen once once ezekiel elliott got a huge contract with the cowboys he didn't live up to it the the vikings are trying to move off of dalvin cook after signing him to to a big deal um So so there is there definitely are situations where it's it's counterintuitive and and it really will hurt your team uh, as far as being able to to really move forward. And I think that's just for the simple fact that in today's NFL, really, the running back position isn't as valued as as it once was because. We've seen teams go out there and get like like the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They they got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, and he was their leading rusher and went out there and had a big Super Bowl. So when when running backs are so readily available like that, uh, it 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 can give you some pause. Of should we play or should we pay big money to a position that that? Honestly, you can try. It's, it's more easy to find a, a replacement at the running back position.
0: Yeah. And I, I, that's exactly what I had in my notes is that they're really no longer valued at the top tier money that they once were like back in the Adrian Peterson days. I mean, you would value a guy like him at the other, I mean, he'd probably be potentially one of the top 10 paid guys in the NFL. So um, that's no longer the case. Uh, and a lot of people will say that it's, it's not smart long-term to extend a running back uh, with the wear and tear that they do absorb. And this is just any running back, but you're talking about a guy who is the centerpiece of the offense and is going to need to continue to stay healthy for the offense, for both the offense to continue to operate efficiently and for him to continue to put up those numbers that are worthy of the extension that he was given. Like you said, Dalvin cook struggles with injuries. They're starting to pile up and he's not putting up the numbers that, you know, they were thinking he might. And now you got Alexander Madison who, who legitimately looks kind of like almost a clone uh, the way he plays of Dalvin cook, you know, could he get an opportunity? Could another guy get an opportunity all because, the wear and tear starting to add up um, and i will say it could impede i mean it's not it's between what tw- it would be between like 12.5 16 million and they're going to be the highest paid running back highest McCaffrey.
1: paid run- yeah exactly christian mccaffrey is paid uh, on a on annual average about 16 million per year
0: yeah so not that's not like hardcore money, but it could impede on positions that might be valued higher. Positions on the interior offensive line, pass rushers, cornerbacks, um, you know, positions where you're like, okay, we got a start running back here that's got some wear and tear, but we could plug and play two guys in, in this Steichen system that mm-hmm. you know could operate almost like a like a Jonathan Taylor, just two of them, you know, together, and they're cheaper. I mean, you know, it's it's a business before it's a sport. So uh, I, I think that those things definitely should be considered. And also coming off of the injury, coming mm. right off of that injury, that also plays into it. If this had happened in 21 and then he puts up 21's numbers last year, it's a lot more duh, you know. So I, I think right. all those things play into it.
1: Right. Okay, now now it comes for the big question. So currently, Jonathan Taylor is is in the process of switching agents, uh, so he will have new representation for these contract negotiations that that are bound to get started here soon. Continue into the summer, uh, the Colts typically like to get those deals done before the start of the season, so they aren't really distractions going that throughout the year. But but Drake, should the Colts extend Jonathan Taylor? Uh, and, and and if they do, what what value or or what what kind of numbers do you think that contract should reflect?
0: You know, I'll go I'll go back to what I said earlier. One of the biggest reasons that this is such a, a damn good fit for Anthony Richardson is because of Jonathan Taylor. I'm talking three fourths to four fifths of the pie. All right, no offense to anyone else. So it's a must. I think I think it's an absolute must. And I did something different. I said the low end and the high end. So I think the low end, you might, I mean, I don't think this will ever happen, but uh, four years, 50 million, 12.5 million mil a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the high end would be like four years, 58 million, so 14.5 mil a year. But I think it'll be between that. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. You you got it. You got to extend it. Extended.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Colts should extend Jonathan Taylor, and, and I think they will. I, I really don't think this is up for, for too much of a debate, if I'm being honest. Everything I've heard uh, coming out of the Colts organization is that they want to get a long-term deal done with Jonathan Taylor as well. Uh, I, I think when when you're looking at... at kind of the the figures Uh, i know i i I quoted spotrack earlier saying uh four years 52.3 million which is about 13 million annually uh i i do think that it's going to be close to your high end uh drake i think about four years 58 to 60 million when you're talking about 14.5 million uh per year Uh, but here's here's where the colts have an advantage uh, that a lot of other teams that are paying running backs they don't because Anthony Richardson is going to be on a rookie contract and the Colts are going to have that that low cap hit for uh, the, their, their quarterback position for at least the next four years. So that basically is the length of that second contract. For Jonathan Taylor. This is why getting a young quarterback in the building and and trying to, to surround him with superstars early. It's, it's why we've seen a lot of teams have success with this, with this model recently, because you can pay these guys good money. You can pay your superstars good money because your quarterback is so cheap and, and there's different ways that the Colts could do this as well. As far as structuring the, the the deal for, for Jonathan Taylor, I'm sure uh, with this contract, it's going to be front loaded. They're going to want to get most of that money out of the way with within the first couple seasons, just in case if the wear and tear on Jonathan Taylor's body starts to show by year three, year four, they're not going to be hamstrung and, and, catch themselves trapped into a major contract for for an injury, injury-ridden running back that's that's closing in on, on the age of 28 to 30. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do think that this will get done, uh, whether it gets done before training camp, whether it gets done during training camp. I have a feeling it will get done before the season gets started, especially with how Jonathan Taylor wants to just focus on ball. It's not going to be something that really lingers too much. But as we've been saying, Chris Ballard said, it doesn't matter the position. If you have a premium player, at a, uh, you're going to pay him what he's worth. And, and Chris Ballard has always been about paying his own. So I think that's what we're going to see with Jonathan Taylor. Lock him up for on a four-year deal to keep in line with with how Anthony Richardson is on his rookie deal keep it. So, so it's lined up with that, that cheap contract. And, and then, and then you go from there and I'm sure it'll be front loaded. Like I said, just to make sure that as he gets older, uh, kind of, kind of, so the Colts aren't necessarily trapped if they do need to get out of that contract, but I fully expect Jonathan Taylor to sign a, a pretty big second contract. I had, do I think he's going to be the, uh, highest paid running back in the NFL? I, I don't know about that, uh, but I think he's going to be up there either number two, number three, somewhere around there, uh, when all is said and done. But, but I think, Jonathan Taylor is too crucial to what the Colts want to do on offense for them to just let him walk. Uh, and, and and I think I think everybody in that building shares the same opinion. But but let's move along to to another guy in that 2020 draft class, wide receiver one for the Indianapolis Colts, and and, and this one is has been kind of up for debate because. Michael Pittman jr. A lot of people aren't sure if he is a true wide receiver one. Uh, so again, let's talk about some of the numbers that Pittman has had over the last three seasons, 227 catches, 2,510 yards averages out to about 11.1 yards per reception and 11 touchdowns in three seasons with three different starting quarterbacks. So, uh, definitely Pittman hasn't been able to to really get the consistency of of the man throwing him the football that that really a lot of other receivers are afforded to them. uh, So that way they can take off in their careers. So so when, again, this is uh, the market value, according to spoke to sport track four years, $73.7 million. And that may seem like it's a big number uh, when it, when you, break it all down averages out to about 18.4 million per year, which would make Michael Pittman only the 17th highest paid wide receiver averages out to about what Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers is making on a year to year basis. And Christian Kirk with, with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, just a little bit more, more than him. But, but, but Drake uh, first, like what, what do you, what do you think, like what are some of the things that Michael Pittman Jr. has shown you over these three seasons that 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 say he is deserving of, of a contract extension with the Indianapolis Colts?
0: You know, I I think that what he's shown me is that he has obviously been able to produce with like you said just a horrendous quarterback situation when you're starting out your career. It's one thing when you're like well established and you know how the you know the ins and outs of things, but when you're just a rookie walking into the NFL and you you know you're walking into your third season and you now have three starting quarterbacks in the same year adding up to five in your first three years and you've been able to put up Michael Pittman has, it looks like, hey, this guy really, really needs to get an extension. Now, there needs to be some things put into this. I do think that there hasn't really been a close receiver to either. Okay, Mm -hmm. like Michael Pittman's gone out there ever since 2021, really, and just completely dominated the targets. He's dominated the the receiving game. Um, I also think that Again, he gets to one of the reasons it's it's really good to extend him is he gets to mesh with Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen. You've got a guy who is going to maximize his strengths, which again is using that big frame to make very contested catches. Not saying he can't get open, but he's not like this screen guy. You know that's not what he's supposed to be used for. So I think he's going to be used properly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why you want him on the team. And plus, you also got Josh Downs. You know, you've also got Alec Pierce hitting that second year. You've got a new guy like Isaiah McKenzie. You don't want Michael Pittman focusing on, am I going to stay here? Am I going to stay here? You know, you need to ink him up to a contract. And after, to people that were curious, that comparison you made putting those two players, uh, uh, Deontay Johnson and Christian Kirk, I personally think Michael Pittman's worth more than whatever they're worth. It, honestly just because of the way that he's dominated the targets dominated the pa- the receiving game with a very interesting quarterback situation so those are just a couple of reasons I
1: want to give a shout out to Nathan here uh, good to see you buddy and I love this comment by Wyatt Law uh Pitts also a slobber knocker of a blocker anytime Wyatt Law brings out a slobber knocker I gotta throw it up on the screen uh <laughs> that's that's just a hell of a word but but I it's Michael Pittman Jr. I think is very underrated um, to, to to Colts fan. I know a lot of Colts fans don't think he's a wide receiver one, but but I think you you really have to look at the situation with with Michael Pittman Jr. and and it's because the Colts have been spoiled with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, T.Y. Hilton, but but you also got to think of the guys that were throwing them the football. I mean Peyton Manning, uh, and Andrew Luck, two of the greatest quarterbacks that that we've ever seen. You know, and and when you don't have a good person, someone throwing you the football, uh, uh, someone that's reliable throwing you the football on a regular basis, I mean, you're not going to be able to show your your true potential. I mean, is is Michael Pittman Jr. a top five, top ten wide receiver in the NFL? No, I, I don't think any of us would would say that. But but when you're looking at, at his at his body of work, I think Michael Pittman is is definitely a wide receiver one in this league. And and I found this interesting when I was doing some research before the show here. I uh, wanted to look up uh, Michael Pittman Jr.'s stats uh, from last year uh, just to kind of give everybody an idea of 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 kind of give a maybe a little bit of a comparison. So Michael Pittman Jr. last year when he had Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger throwing him the football, Pittman had 99 catches for 925 yards and four touchdowns. So obviously not the best year, but I wouldn't say a terrible year either. Now I'm going to show you the stats, uh, for a guy that we all think could potentially should be in the hall of fame and in Reggie Wayne. So I'm going to go to his stats in the year 2011, when Peyton Manning missed the entire season and you had, uh, guys like, uh, Kerry Collins, Curtis Payne, or Dan Orlovsky throwing Reggie Wayne, the football in 2011. Reggie Wayne had 75 catches for 960 yards and four touchdowns about the same stats. Michael Pittman did this past season. Obviously, Reggie Wayne did it a lot longer and did it at a very high level. But my point is when you're, when you're kind of comparing Michael Pittman and and what he's been able to do, is it really fair to say that he's gotten a fair shot? Considering the the constant turnover that the Colts have seen uh, at the quarterback position, have we really gotten to see what Michael Pittman is actually capable of when he can form a connection with the same quarterback year after year after year, and and the offense is kind of built around him? I don't. We haven't seen that yet, and 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 I don't think it's it's really fair to say that Michael Pittman shouldn't be paid that because he hasn't proven that he can do it. Well. The Colts haven't given him a quarterback that can help improve that either. So, you, when you when you change flip those things around, and now the Colts have an Anthony Richardson who they can pair with Pittman for for years to come. And if you can sign a number one wide receiver to around eighteen million a year, when Tyreek Hill and and the top five highest paid wide receivers in the NFL are getting thirty million dollars a year. That's a steal. That's really a steal, and then you can use that money to go out and and, and really sign other bits and pieces. And, of course, we got a, a super chat from Logan Schmidt, who's just going to put us hey. put our, all of our brains into a twister here. Uh, oh, Logan, man. I re- really appreciate it. But Logan's question is, you only get one. Which would you guys sign, Michael Pittman Jr. or Jonathan Taylor? Drake, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Who are you signing if it comes down to it? Taylor or Pittman?
0: Dang it, Logan! Uh, <laughs> thank you, for, thank you for the super chat. Thank but. you for the
1: super chat. It's a very tough question, but a fun question. Hey,
0: hey, um, it's it is a tough one. I I go. Oh man, with with what Anthony Richardson provides, I go. I go, Jonathan Taylor, but just because of what. What he provides for Anthony Richardson's strengths, I I think that you could, in that case, replace Michael Pittman as a downfield threat. You could potentially get somebody who's, you know, that slot threat like Josh Downs or another another receiver down the road. But in most cases, though, you'd say Michael Pittman. You really would if you had more of a Joe Burrow type quarterback or let's say they drafted C.J. Stroud. I think Michael Pittman is the is the higher priority. But with Richardson, it's got to be Taylor.
1: I, I think I think it has to be Taylor. Again, you've got an elite player at, at one of the at a position. You you gotta sign that elite player. You you can't let those types of talents walk out of the building. Uh now, do I think it's closer than a lot of people think? Absolutely. And I I would make the case for for either one, to be honest with you, but I just think with with Jonathan Taylor when healthy being one of the best running backs in the NFL and, and the way he can morph this offense and, and what the Colts could do with him and Anthony Richardson. In the running game, I, I think you would have to lean towards Jonathan Taylor. Logan, thanks for the question, buddy. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you always coming on and, and supporting us, and 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 joining us for these live episodes. Uh, you're one of the real ones, buddy. But uh, but Drake, uh, and then I want to, I kind of as we get back to Michael Pittman Jr. here, um, and I, I talked about really getting that getting that chance. I mean, I, I think another big big piece to this puzzle. Again, I'm going back to Shane Steichen. Whenever Shane Steichen has talked about what this offense is going to look like and the players he has, I mean, he always, always talks about Michael Pittman Jr. And and from behind the scenes, I mean, he is super high on Michael Pittman Jr. He fully believes that Pittman can be this the, the Colts version of or what A.J. Brown was on the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> last year of... Big strong wide receiver, uh, that can handle things over the middle, uh, be that traditional X wide receiver that, that can go out, get your first down whenever you need it, and and also really contribute in the red zone. And and Shane Steichen, I have and I and I've got this on really good authority, is super high on what Michael Pittman can achieve in this offense. And and that's when, when you're talking about extensions and and with what Shane Steichen wants this wants to mold this team into that's not going to be that, like, that's a big deal. That's going to mean a lot in these negotiations as far as what, what Ballard and, and company try to do to get this thing over the finish line.
0: Yeah. And uh, one, there was one more thing that I noticed here is is a reason that he could argue himself into an extension or that we could argue in this case for, for the pros. So you got 2020 as a rookie with Phillip rivers, 61 targets, 40 receptions, 503 yards. Then you have 2021 with Carson Wentz, who was erratic at best sometimes, Uh, 129 targets, 88 catches, 1,082 receiving yards, and the long was 57. Now, last year, you got to keep in mind, ball wasn't thrown down the field, hardly at all, horrifically inaccurate quarterback play, and constant rotations at quarterback. Still had career bests, 141 targets, 99 catches, which is 11 more than last year. And he's still got got 925 yards, but the long was only 28 yards. Okay, that really speaks to me that this guy still went out there and almost got 100 catches, almost got 1,000 yards on a team that had not even really a close second, the worst quarterback situation going on and coaching situation.
1: Right. Right. So, and there are some cons, I mean, or, or concerns. Like I, I hate calling these cons, but, but like, I, I mean, as Mike, I, I, Michael Pittman, do you want to really shell out that big money for, for a guy that, that hasn't yet really produced at, at a top wide receiver level? Uh, do you, uh, again, do you, do you really want to be hamstrung to that? Do you think he can get to that level uh, as far as being a, a wide receiver one that can really, really lead your team. But but Drake, what are some of the concerns that you might have or you might bring up uh, as far as paying uh, a big money extension to Michael Pittman Jr.?
0: Uh, I Well, I think kind of similar to, to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, and, and his is going to be greater. Uh, it could impede signings of of positions where they do need a little bit more now. Luckily, right right now, wide receivers, one of the biggest needs uh, for the Colts, if it should, Michael Pittman not even be in the equation. So I do think that he's secure in that regard, but I do think that it could it could put pressure you know if it's if it's too much money and it's also not guaranteed that a that a fresh quarterback is gonna mesh with him. Um, and I think one thing I didn't even put in my notes is that there really hasn't been since 2021 any option that could rival his targets. Mm-hmm. okay like there hasn't been someone that can take away those targets and so his numbers, could be and i hate to make this argument because i love Michael Pittman jr but they could be inflated a little bit now has he taken advantage of those numerous targets where he's the only guy to throw the ball to at times? yeah he has but he's also been pretty much the only receiving option since 2021 so the past couple of seasons so i think that those are a couple of things i will say it was it was pretty hard to pry out some some negatives here but i think those would be a couple concerns
1: right and and i think like i said i i think Pittman gets a bad rap just because he isn't going out there and putting up jamar chase's numbers but here's the thing jamar chase is there's only one jamar chase you know and and jamar chase also has joe burrow throwing him the football and And, t higgins taking away coverage exactly t higgins is another good wide receiver and i think t higgins i think you can probably can probably compare the skill set of Pittman and T Higgins and they're, pro- they're probably pretty similar if we're if we're being objective about all of this and, and, and we really sit down and look what say what T Higgins could do if Jamar Chase wasn't on that the other side of him in that offense. I think you're looking at about the about the same things that as, as what Michael Pittman could do. Um so so I I, I really I really think that When it comes down to it, I know a lot of people say, well, Pittman doesn't take over games. There's only about five wide receivers in the NFL that can take over games. And I'm not saying go out and pay. Michael Pittman Jr. 30 million a year I I don't think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be asking for 30 million a year but do I think Michael Pittman Jr. is worth close to 20 million a year just because of the wide receiver market absolutely I do because when you're talking about guys like Deontay Johnson and Christian Kirk and and if I'm going up with those two and saying, which of those two would I rather have or Michael Pittman? I'm going to take Michael Pittman jr. Not only yeah. for what he can do uh, as, as a, as a pass catching option, but also what he can do as a blocker. And, and here we go with another super chat from Patrick. Uh, Patrick, you're the goat brother. You, legend, you really are over uh, an right absolute here. legend. Uh, we really appreciate it. Patrick says almost see the Michael Pittman jr. Situation like the Campbell one from this year. Could the Colts have resigned him? Sure, but he has. But has he truly produced? Maybe he needs to go elsewhere uh, to prove it. And and Patrick, I see. I, I I I go against that a little bit, just because I think in when you've looked at these this these Colts offenses. I mean, he is the only wide receiver that has produced. I mean, he's put up close to a thousand yards, close to a hundred catches. Does he score ten touchdowns a year? No, but but look at the quarterbacks that are throwing in the football. I mean, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Sam Ellinger. I mean, mo- you're not going to have a terrible quarterbacks giving it to wide receivers and them racking up uh, a bunch of touchdowns every year. Andre Johnson, for as good as he was, uh, playing with all those quarterbacks. In in Houston, Andre Johnson, when you look at his career touchdown numbers, I mean, he's not in the top ten of touchdowns. I don't think he has over over a hundred touchdowns to his career. Uh, but but you would still say that Andre Johnson is a good is a really good wide receiver. Am I comparing Michael Pittman to Andre Johnson? No. But at the same time, I think it, it really means something. When you're talking about wide receivers, and that's why I brought up Reggie Wayne's stats from, uh, uh, from, from 2011 when the Colts had such a, a bad quarterback situation then. Quarterback really matters, and you have to look at that as far as when you're talking about if, the, if, if Michael Pittman or whoever the wide receiver you're talking about has produced. Quarterback matters in those situations.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the things about Andre Johnson that's pretty interesting is I know that he's not a household name, but Matt Schaub, okay, from 2008 to 2012, when he was still a Pro Bowl quarterback, by the way, was tossing Andre Johnson that football during some of Andre Johnson's best and most productive seasons. All right, so even Mm -hmm. Andre Johnson had a little bit of consistency. A guy in Houston who didn't and still produced was DeAndre Hopkins. All right, so it's like. It's, it's so hard to like gauge Michael Pittman right now. But, man, I, I, I truly do have to say, in response to Patrick's uh, super chat, which, again, thank you so much, Patrick, for another one. Um, Absolutely. But when you look at three quarterbacks that you got Matt Ryan, who just wasn't meshing with the offense, couldn't move, and just looked way too far behind in speed. Then you switch to Sam Ellinger, who might not have even been entirely ready to, to start, he kind of looked like he had a, the mentality to be ready, but not the not the release, not the physical attributes just yet. Reaction time, and then you have Nick Foles, who I don't know what in the ever-loving hell happened. <laughs> Nick Foles last season, <laughs> four picks with no uh, w- with no touchdowns, and so it's like you take that, you have ninety nine catches most of your career, you have the most targets of your career, and you still can somehow scratch away a halfway decent season like that. I mean. Man, you give him some consistency and an offensive-minded guy like Steichen, it could really be interesting to see how much he produces. It could be astronomical for all we know.
1: And when and when you're looking at Christian Kirk too, I mean, the guy that we've been talking about as as well. I mean, before Christian Kirk signed that big contract with Jacksonville, uh, here's where his sats in in 2021 with Arizona. 77 catches for 982 yards and five touchdowns before that Christian Kirk hadn't had a season where he had over 68 catches and 709 yards. So it's not like Christian Kirk was exactly balling out for, for the, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals either before he received a good contract but hey he received that contract he went to a place where they had a good quarterback that he could link up with in Trevor Lawrence and look he had 1100 yards, eight touchdowns and that Christian Kirk signing is looking like it's going to be a good one for for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So so Patrick, love the question buddy. Uh love yeah, good, love, love to debate on these. So we really appreciate you man. Keep them coming as Thank always you. like we said absolute legend we appreciate it every time you're able to join us we have another super chat here from my father uh with with a nice super chat darwin moore really really appreciate it but uh, <laughs> glad you're able to watch because i know sometimes uh, my dad's a truck driver and he has to go in super early in the morning isn't able to watch us here live thanks a lot dad uh hope that you and mom and, and my brother adam are, are enjoying the show as always patrick with another one also disclaimer. I'm not, not down on Michael Pittman Jr. at all. I really like him. Just want to see his potential unleashed with Anthony Richardson before the contract is signed. And, and hey, that might be a catch-22 situation, though, Patrick. When you're talking about that, if Michael Pittman Jr. goes out there and has a huge year where he has 12, 100 catches, 1,200 yards, and eight to nine touchdowns, then his price tag is probably going to go up and he might want to test the open market and then you you're not paying him 18 million a year you're looking at paying paying him 23 to 24 million dollars a year so it's it's a little bit of you kind of want to lock him up before he goes out there and has, starts having those big seasons but but it is interesting and i think Michael Pittman does have that in him so again Patrick we really appreciate you buddy. Yeah thank you so uh, much as Goodness. always so so Drake let's, let's kind of wrap it up let wrap up the Michael Pittman talk here. Uh should the Colts extend Pittman Jr. Uh and if so, what what value are you placing on that contract?
0: You know, I I think absolutely I, I think this one in some ways is even maybe more of a no-brainer just because they they don't really have any I'm not saying they don't have any depth outside of Michael Pittman, but you want him to you want him to stay because he is he has been your bona fide number one receiver. For the past two seasons, and he could be hitting his true stride, and he's going to be doing it with a guy like Steichen and a guy who's going to throw him the ball deep, and is going to rely on him like Anthony Richardson. Um, I think the low end is four years. This is not going to happen, but four years, sixty million—that's fifteen million a year. I think way more realistic though, uh, if we're talking any either lower high end, it's going to be the high end, which I actually put five years, uh, ninety-five million with nineteen million a year.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go just a little bit lower than that. I really like where sport track has that, uh, that, that value for, for Michael Pittman four years, uh, probably 73 to $74 million. Dollars, uh, as far as, as the, the length of the contract, about 18 pot, Drake, you went up to about 19 million annually. I had like 18.5 around there. Uh, because I, and I think I really think the Colts are going to be able to get a deal done in that. I Michael Pittman Jr. just does not seem like the type of player to me is going to ha- hold out for for big-time money. He already has talked about it in the offseason that he doesn't worry about any of that. That's what he pays his agent for. He's going to let his agent take care of all of that as well. So I, I, I really think that the Colts are going to be, be able, excuse me, to, to come to a common ground. ground with with michael pittman jr and and to try to make it so so he does get wide receiver one money but but he is not absolutely breaking the bank and I, and I think 18 18 19 million that's a very acceptable fair deal for Michael Pittman jr and th- you guys again think about it the wide receiver mark is just going to continue climbing so if Michael Pittman jr does go out there and and prove that he can be a bona fide number one wide receiver really connects with Anthony Richardson uh, that's going to look like a really good deal for, for the Indianapolis Colts towards the end of that contract because he's going to go out there and, and he's putting up those numbers and, and helping this Colts offense. Making 18 to 19 million a year, when some of the top wide receivers in the NFL are, are over 30 million dollars here within the coming years, so it, it, that would be a, a a steal of a deal for the Indianapolis Colts there. So, so that hey, I, so Drake and I both think that Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. should be extended, uh, and and we think it will get done. And, and I, I really do have confidence that both of those guys are going to be in the horseshoe long term. I know the Colts want to get both of those deals done uh, and they would like to get those done before the season uh, uh, begins. In September, we'll have to see um, what happens there if they're able to. But uh, I, as right now, I'm pretty confident both those guys will be with the Colts long term so so let's move it along uh to the latest colts news and rumors before we get you guys out of here um and and we're going to start with uh something that that came up over the uh the weekend with jim or um of course good old good old jimmy (laughs) good old jimmy
0: Jimmy from the Colts, baby.
1: Good old Jimmy from the Colts, starting startin' some trouble. But but Jim Irsey this weekend uh, came up with a uh, his top five uh, best uh, or top five football players of all time this weekend, and it caused. Uh, quite a stir on Twitter. So I wasn't able to, to uh, get this beforehand, but I'll just read it, the tweet off to you guys. Jim Mercy said, on my list of top five greatest NFL players of all time in our 103 year history, I have the top five as number one, Jim Brown, who did pass away uh, last week, legendary running back for the Cleveland Browns. So rest in peace to, to Jim Brown. Uh, number two, Tom Brady. Uh, number three, John Elway number four, Deacon Jones, and number five, Reggie White. So no Peyton Manning on that list. And, and Drake, were you surprised about that? Uh, definitely made me raise an eyebrow. And I know a lot of Colts fans uh, got into a tizzy
0: about that. You know, um, first off, y- yes. Uh, I actually was quite was quite surprised that he wasn't like number two, maybe, right behind Tom Brady, just to solidify that rivalry. Um, and, and in fact, you took... Former general manager in John Elway and put him pretty much in the same spot you'd expect Peyton to maybe be. Um, and you put Deacon Jones and Reggie White, which hey, one of uh, them they're both bruisers uh, at defensive end back in the day. So, uh, I mean, the list is awesome, don't get me wrong, a lot of great players, but. Holy cow, man. Yeah, that was uh, interesting, and it makes you wonder what the heck is going on, man. <laughs> Ursa,
1: Ursa went on to tweet, no doubt, Peyton, Barry Sanders, and Jerry Rice are in my top 10. It's just that Elway didn't have the greatest offensive players around him till the end when he won two Super Bowls in a row, and his feet were remarkable, from baseball talents uh, and then t- with a football emoji right there <laughs> afterwards. But uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, Logan Schmidt says John Elway was kind of buns. That's 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 a funny. Uh, and Logan he also says agree with five, and that's about it. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just very strange because I mean peyton manning you would think that that jim mercy would put peyton manning in there because without peyton manning we don't know if jim mercy still owns the indianapolis (laughs) the colts aren't the colts probably aren't in indianapolis we're probably talking about the colts being out in in uh uh uh, los angeles uh, at this point or or somewhere out on the west coast but uh that, that one was just a little bit strange and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll get bored this summer and I'll dive into some advanced analytics about why I believe Peyton Manning is a better quarterback uh, than old TB12. And, and I'm surprised Tom Brady hasn't, hasn't jumped into the chat to, to uh, defend himself, but yeah. uh, I I digress. It was just something that that came up over the weekend. Uh, something else that came up was that Aunt, uh, Andrew Luck and the Washington commanders tampering case has been closed. Um, It was found that the commanders did not reach out to Andrew Luck or any of his representation, Uh, so that was a fake report by ESPN, go figure, and uh, uh, one that was ill-sourced, so all that was put to bed nothing nothing uh to worry about there and s- there he is that's there he is. Tom Brady. There here, is I'm get out of here get out of here made we Jim
0: Mercy's list and Peyton didn't are you proud yeah. of yourself Tom just just get out of here
1: we don't we don't need you but 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 Drake uh our, I think the whole thing with the commanders we did an episode on it um saying that if the commanders did actually try to reach out to Andrew Luck, how stupid it was uh but but it, it, it is I'm actually good to it is good to know that the commanders weren't that dumb and 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 that's slimy to try to reach out to Andrew Luck to join their team.
0: Well, and it makes sense. Dan Snyder's up to his knees in legal stuff right now. So I don't think that he really even has the time to do that. So I guess that I guess that it makes sense. But no, hey, at the end of the day, it's it's just good to know that Andrew Luck is just being left alone. Right. <laughs> Honestly, just leave the guy alone and let him enjoy his retirement.
1: Right. Tom Brady says, nah, I'm much better than Peyton. I always beat him. <laughs> I mean, when you it's look at those always. Uh, I I think I, I think head to head Peyton Manning has a better uh, record against Tom Brady in the in the AFC Conference Championships, but you might want to go back and look at those uh, because I think the old Sheriff had your number in the AFC Championship game. So people forget, including Tom Brady, forgets. But last thing we're going <laughs> to talk about today is that OTAs uh, officially start for the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow, uh, where everybody will be in the building, uh, finally get eleven on eleven. No no pads. That won't happen until mandatory minicamp. But we are going to get some offense versus defense for the first time. Uh, So it's going to be fun. I think the first one open to the media is actually on Thursday. We might see clips from from the Colts here and there, but uh, as, as Logan Schmidt coming in here. Tom, two and three versus Peyton in the playoffs. So hey, Tom Brady, you might want to check yourself there, buddy. Uh but yeah, it, it's it's fun. The Colts entering the third and final phase of the offseason program, and, and we're gonna get to see Anthony Richardson going up against a live, oh well, in air quotes, live defense when it's just kind of on 11 no pads, but but it will be nice to see him finally get some action against the against the starters on defense.
0: Well, and this is what everybody's been waiting for is to see him, you know, in at least a little bit of live action. So it'll be a lot of fun to see him and Josh Downs and if they've meshed really well and then uh, to see what Evan Hull is going to be a part, you know, what, what's he going to look like? And, of, of course, without going down the list, a bunch of amazing defensive rookies, too. So um, OTAs are finally starting to get to see these guys in a little bit of live action.
1: Right, right. It's, it's exciting. I mean, we're finally we're starting to see some more Colts football before they break for the summer. And guys, training camp is on right around the corner, only about two months, and and the boys in blue will be in pads there in Westfield at Grand Park. And it's gonna be a lot of fun to catch all of that action but that's our show for this evening guys really really appreciate everybody coming out and and supporting us this evening uh, once again a huge shout out to, to Patrick wire Patrick you are just an absolute goat uh, all the super chats that, that you gave uh, this evening uh, also wanted to shout out my father Darwin Moore Logan thank you guys for the super chats as well and, and thank you all to those that didn't super chat thanks for thanks for joining in on on the fun this evening, yeah, a lot, a lot of good conversation uh, about Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman and, and the future of these two stars for the Indianapolis Colts. So if you haven't done so already, please go ahead and follow us on all the things like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live, Destin and Shot are going live. And if you can't catch us on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So please subscribe to us there and give us a review if you're really enjoying the show. So, so Drake, I know you've been, you've been cooking uh, on the site. What are some things you've got on, on horseshoehuddle.com that the people can go check out?
0: So I just released three reasons that I, it's an opinion piece, but I put three reasons that the Colts could actually win the AFC South in 2023, and then five games where Anthony Richardson can truly shine in front of millions of people.
1: Awesome, awesome. And this week, I I am going to be covering OTAs and getting... All of the buzz coming out on West 56th Street. Uh, Going to be talking to multiple people within the Colts organization. Multiple players and coaches are expected to speak this week, uh, and you can be sure to find all of their comments and all the analysis on what they've had to say on HorseshoeHuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we, we we will be back Thursday night to talk more Colts football with everyone. But until then, everyone. Be safe and enjoy your week.